welcome back to the third annual Academy Awards with your friends, Oscar Meyer and renowned international Hollywood movie producer, Kurt Uskar. Wonderful. Wonderful to be back. Oscar Watch. Oscar Watch. Back replacing those two bozos who are usually on this feed. We are here today to talk to you about the Oscar nominees, what we like, what we don't, our predictions, mm-hmm. and basically just have a fun old time. Yeah, and talk about what's going on in this, the glorious third annual Academy Awards <laughs> nominee <laughs> <No>. season. <laughs> the third annual Oscar watch. The 95th Academy Awards. You think they're going to make The Godfather Part 4 when they go to 100 (laughs) Academy Awards? I think they must, actually. I think that's going to be a requirement. 95 years old. Can you think of anything else that's 95 years old that we're still talking about? (laughs) Seriously. Well, surely some of the stadiums that you sell your fine wares at Oscar are getting on close to 95 years old, too. Yes. Unfortunately, I've never been to a stadium in my life. I own a company. I do not sell hot dogs in person. Uh, (laughs) You must have me confused with someone else. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Some stadiums, they're old. And so is the Academy Awards. And so are all of the people who voted in the Academy Awards. I guess it's fitting. The the 2023 Oscars, remember, uh-huh. these are honoring the films, all of which came out in 2022, the 2023 <laughs> Oscars. Just another bad thing about this uh, staple of the entertainment industry. If we needed any more, cool, let's get into it. All right, let's talk about it. Speaking of hot dogs, the uh-huh. film that got the most nominations this year. Was it Seth Rogen's Hot Dog Party 2? <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed, it was Everything Everywhere All at Once with 11 nominations, oh, followed oh. closely by The Banshees of Inisherin and All Quiet on the Western Front, both with nine nominations. Okay, quick pop quiz. Is the book All Quiet on the Western Front or the 95th Academy Awards older? (laughs) I don't know the answer, so it doesn't matter if you answer correctly or not. I'm not actually sure, but I know, of course, the original adaptation of the book won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Now, I don't know how soon that was after the book. Mm. Mm -hmm. We're listed under questions we still have. I see here that you have A24 as the most nominated studio with 18. Does this mean that A24 is officially uncool? Kurt Ascar, I kick it to you. (laughs) Um, Well, it certainly released a few uncool movies this year, but I think it is still cool for the moment. Now, if it keeps it up, maybe not. But right now, it still does get to be cool and... um, neon or sony pictures classics hasn't uh hasn't usurped it good what are some of the more speaking of uncool things what are some of the more notable snubs of this year thinking of movies that did have oscar buzz Uh and people expected to be here i think a big one is the woman king which Uh got nominated for nothing at all shockingly what villains 
That's what I have to say. Nope. Also, I saw topping most people's lists, one of our favorite movies of the year. Yeah. No nominations for Nope. I guess it is all quiet on the Western front. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, God. That's good. That's good. But it's bad. How can I have, the, you know, like, I could think of several categories to nominate that film in. But we'll, we, mm. may, we may get to that as we hit those categories later. What else? What else? Okay, well, 13 Lives is another one I thought could maybe be a shoe-in. Two that we covered on the podcast, Wendell and Wilde, seemed obvious for best animated movie. Yeah. Perhaps The Northman for best cinematography. I think The Lighthouse mm. got best cinematography. So yeah, Miss Taylor Swift herself was eligible this year for All Too Well, the short film, and for her song from Where the Crawdads Sing, both of which got snubbed. Mm-mm. So the Oscars have made a powerful enemy today. Yes, they have. Sure. The, in- the entire internet is now going to be calling for the immediate cancellations of the Oscars. And look, I'm I'm on their side. I'm hearing the Department of Justice has queued up the Academy right after Ticketmaster to investigate. Oh God, good, good. They they need they need to be doing something worth doing over there. Okay, let's talk about um, the biggest Cinema Bums-related angle on this okay. list, okay. which is that it was a big night for Elvis, directed Ooh. by our current miniseries subject, Baz Luhrmann. Okay. Uh, Elvis received eight nominations, including Best Picture uh-huh. and Best Actor for Austin uh-huh. Butler. Uh-huh. And let me ask you, I've got a question about this. <laughs> Who might have directed this possible best movie? Who might have led this possible best actor to this possible best actor performance? What? Oh, it it must have just happened on its own, right? (laughs) Truly a baffling decision. Do you think that it is maybe... I don't want to say it. Do you think there is a Cinema Bums curse after Denny last year and Baz this year (laughs) that whoever we're covering at awards season is destined to get snubbed? I mean... It may be because we cover, as we often say, popular franchises, and um, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to say anything more. Okay, except what the hell? This, I mean, this, this is it's shocking. It's shocking. Really appalling stuff. Who did get nominated was Catherine Martin, Ooh. the production designer of all of Baz's films and indeed Baz's wife. We love it. She has been nominated for every single. Baz Luhrmann film since Romeo plus Juliet. And uh-huh. She won for Moulin Rouge and Great Gatsby. Now let mm. me read you the other nominees here for best production design. And I want to hear if you think she's going to win this one or not. She's up against All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, and The Fablemans. Do you think this is going to be the third win or just another in the pile of nominations? Ooh. Okay, I have not seen All Quiet on the Western Front, but I imagine the production design is tippity tops. You know, it's a war movie. People like to go all out for production design on that sort of thing. I don't understand exactly what they mean when they say production design for Avatar, which is a movie that, as far as I know, was shot entirely in the metaverse. I liked it, but it is not a production design kind of movie, you know? They they lovingly crafted every costume in Elvis by hand. You know, it's 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 not it's mm-hmm. not comparable to my mind. Again, with Babylon and the Fablemans, I haven't seen them. 
it strikes me just from the the preview that Babylon is going to be like very flashy production design and pretty impressive with all these different film sets and stuff like that. So if I had to just guess off the top of my head, I would probably go with Babylon over Elvis, but I think Elvis is certainly a strong contender there. Yeah, I agree. I'm not certain she has it in the bag, but I'm always rooting for it. And before we get fully into predictions, I just want to shout out Best Editing. The nominees are The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Obviously some great editing work in Elvis where they're editing mm. four different movies all playing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want to shout out the Top Gun Maverick editing team, of which past and future guest Emily Russell Rail of this podcast is a part of. So cool. Congrats, Emily. And I think that is also who should win, even though we are biased, because I listened to an interview and I believe they had something like 300 hours of plane footage that they just had to scrub through to like form into coherent action sequences, basically. That's insane. They were like, <laughs> Tom, seriously, you can't fly it again. All right. Please, please. And then he'd just do exactly what Maverick would do, and he would go and do it, you know? But good job, them. And yeah, they should they should get it. That movie slapped. Uh, last order of business before we get on to our full predictions. I just wanted to read out the list of films nominated for Best Animated Short this year at the Oscars. And, and here to read the list is Oscar Mayer. Would you please read... The five titles nominated for Best Animated Short this year at the Oscars. The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse is one. The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Wow. I don't know if these are, you know, Cards Against Humanity cards or what. Uh <laughs> What is up with Best Animated Short? Now I want to go and watch, like, all of these, but particularly two of them. I bet you can guess which two. (laughs) And it's not the boy or the mole. Cool. Did you see any of these? No, I just thought they were funny. But I do want to watch them now. Amazing. All right. Okay, so let's let's get into it. Now we've got pretty much the uh, above-the-line categories here. We're going to mm-hmm. go through all of the nominees, say perhaps who we would give it to, and make a prediction about who we think will get it. I'll kick it off here with Best Supporting Actor. The nominees are Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for The Banshees of Inisharan as well, and Kihi Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I want to shout out for sure here Brian Tyree Henry and Causeway, which is an awesome little film that I loved. He's a great actor too, and it's so cool to see him nominated. I don't want to overhype that movie because it's a very like quiet mm. sort of character study movie, but he is great in it. Cool. And Kihi Kwan is of course, short round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, a child actor who has sort of made his return as an adult in this movie. And this is also really great. Well, damn. I find that I say this every year, but I will say it once again this year. I sell hot dogs and I don't watch a lot of movies. (laughs) I have not seen any of these, but I loved that guy in Indiana Jones. And so I hope he gets it for this other one. 
And I also hope that I'm able to watch some, any, most of these movies by the time the awards are actually awarded. Wade, who is your prediction? So I believe that it will go to Kihi Kwan. Mm. Of this list, I would personally give it to Brian Tyree Henry, but I am officially predicting Kihi Kwan. Is that yours too? Or That's also my, yeah, that'll also be my, okay. that'll be my prediction as well. Great. Okay. Should we move on to Best Supporting Actress? Best Supporting Actress. We have Angela Bassett in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Cho in The Whale. Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inisherin. We have Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once. And we have Stephanie Hsu in Everything Everywhere All at Once as well with a double Best Supporting Actress nom. Mm-hmm. And I believe a first nomination for Jamie Lee Curtis ever. Whoa. Okay, well then I gotta say, my prediction is Jamie Lee Curtis, because they're just gonna do that thing where they're like, you have done so much excellent work, Mm -hmm. here's a role that you also did, and here's an Oscar. However, that's that's not a, a comment on which of these I think is best. Kurt, do you have an opinion? I have not seen The Whale, nor do I intend to. Of the others, I think these are all good nominees. I actually think... Well, I think Stephanie Hsu has a good shot because I think Jamie Lee Curtis is the natural to be in this category. So Mm -hmm. I think the fact that they included Stephanie Hsu as well is kind of a good sign for the support behind her. Uh But I would give it for the same reasons you say to Angela Bassett would be my prediction Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I believe it will also be basically a career award, but I think that will be Bassett for... I believe the first person to ever be nominated for acting in a Marvel movie ever. Whoa. Yeah. Unless Kevin Bacon was nominated for first class. I can't remember correctly if he wasn't. Man. Okay. Next up is best international film. The nominees are from Germany, all quiet on the Western front from Argentina, Argentina, 1985 from Belgium, close from Poland, EO, and from Ireland, The Quiet Girl. The only two of here on here that I've heard of are All Quiet on the Western Front and EO. Here's my prediction. I think EO is going to take it because people were like, it's cool. It's got animals. And that's kind of foreign, isn't it? That's my thought. Mm. How about you, Wade? I think that is a good guess because I've also heard a lot of buzz about EO. I just want to say that I watched what felt like a lot of good international films with awards buzz. And Mm. I have not seen any of these films. So none of the ones I watched got nominated. Interesting. Including Saint-Omer from France, which was this excellent courtroom drama. Mm -hmm. Decision to Leave was this really cool detective movie from South Korea. Whoa. Even Triangle of Sadness, which is nominated in a lot of other categories, did not get nominated for international filming. I guess to just vote for something different, I'm going to vote for All Quiet on the Western Front, since it is also nominated in several other categories. Yeah, I think that that has a chance. It's nominated for Best Picture, right? Yes. I think it has almost a stronger chance at Best Picture, because we do love a war movie, than for international yeah. I don't necessarily think that's my prediction. We'll have to get to that when we get to that, but that's that's kind of the, the calculus on that for me. All right, next up, the next category is Best Documentary. We have All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, 
a house made of splinters and Navalny. So I looked these up earlier uh-huh. today. All That Breathes is an animal documentary about people who take care of animals. Hmm. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is about an artist and the work she did throughout her career regarding the Sackler family and pharmaceutical problems and like trying to shed light on that. Whoa. Fire of Love is the only one of these I've watched, and I did love it. It's the documentary about two people who are both volcanologists, study volcanoes, and are also in a marriage. It's on Disney+. Plus. I'd highly recommend it. A House Made of Splinters is about boarding houses where kids stay when they're in the middle of custody battles. Hmm. It's a documentary about this, about kids whose parents are fighting for custody so the kid can't live with either of them for a period Hmm. of time. That's what that is. And Navalny is about a Russian public figure who very publicly opposes the Russian government and I believe is currently in jail in Russia. Hmm. It's a documentary about his life. What do you think edges out the competition there? Well, I think it's going to be Navalny because we're in a very anti-Russia, let's expose the Vladimir Putin's government sort of mood in this country. And it seems like one of the few things that it seems like both chunks of the political spectrum can get behind in a real way. So it seems to me like that is a pretty safe bet. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. And and you? I would give it to Fire of Love, even though that's the only one I've seen. I guess it's not yeah. fair to say that. But I did love that movie. Yeah. I am going to predict all the beauty in the bloodshed because I've heard mm. buzz about that here in New York. And also Big Pharma is also something that people True. generally seem to agree is bad. So yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Cool. Okay. Next up, we have Best Animated Film. The nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, the Sea Beast and Turning Red. What is the Sea Beast about? Yeah, I have not seen the Sea Beast. It's on Netflix, I know, and I think it's from the director of Moana, um, who I believe left Disney to go and direct this movie at Netflix. Cool. The rest of these, though, I want to say this is a really great year for animated film. Pinocchio is a cool, funky sort of take on the material. Stop motion animated. It's way more CGI than Wendell and Wild. I kind of wish Wendell and Wilde was in here instead, but it is a really good movie. Turning Red is very fresh and fun. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is incredible. It is a great piece of metal cinema. Absolutely kicks ass. And Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, although that is a film that is live action with one stop motion character, which I'm a little suspicious of is a great movie, whether or not it should be on this list of animated film or not. It's tough. I feel like crowd favorite, Turning Red. Like, just like Mm -hmm. for the audience for animated films, the kids who are actually watching it, Turning Red. Puss in Boots, I've heard that it was awesome. I think it's kind of cool that at the sequel in a spinoff series to Shrek... Which was nominated when it came out for best uh, adapted screenplay. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool too. I just love the fact that Marcel the Shell with shoes on. That like, there's a movie of that now. I don't know. Again, I'm gonna say Turning Red. Also, are people not like mad that Encanto is not on here? 
I think it was last year, right? Oh, was it last year? Okay, it may have been last year. I feel like that was a December one that, you know, snuck Guys in. Guys, are like snuck in. Under okay. the line last year. Cool. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I also kind of feel like it might be turning red. Although I don't want to underestimate the CB since that is on Netflix. So is Pinocchio. And I feel like more people have Netflix just than anything else when they're watching movies for their kids. True. Perhaps wishful thinking, but I am going to predict Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Oh, that's awesome. My favorite of this very prestigious category this year. Okay, next up we have Best Score. All right, we've got Volker Burman for All Quiet on the Western Front. We've got Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. We've got Carter Burwell for The Banshees of Inishirin. We've got Sun Lux for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And John Williams for The Fablemans. What are, to my mind, the two best scores I heard this year? Ludwig Garanson for Black Panther and Michael Abels for Nope, which feels like it should have been a shoe-in on this list. Uh, yeah. I mean, the stuff he does in that movie at the end with the score is unbelievable, so... I mean, the way that the music and the sound, like, all, it kind of plays into each other with the horror of... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I could easily see it being John Williams, but I'm going to go with Hurwitz for Babylon here. I did not like Babylon, but I still loved that score. And that movie is, like, three and a half hours long, and I think the score is, like two hours of original music like it's an insane accomplishment so i'm gonna go babylon what about you i'm gonna say john williams for the fablemans i mean who better to score the the movie about steven spielberg's life than the guy who has done some of the most iconic scores of steven spielberg movies that would be my guess Next up, Best Adapted Screenplay. And let's all remember that sequels count as being adapted from the original film here, which explains this category a little bit. Okay, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, written by Edward Berger, Leslie Patterson, and Ian Stokel. We have Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, written by Ryan Johnson. We have Living written by Kazu Ishiguro. We have Top Gun Maverick, written by Scream 3 writer Aaron Kruger, another Cinema Bums alum there, along with Eric Warren Singer and Christopher McQuarrie. And we have Women Talking, written by Sarah Polly. Okay, so now some things from Top Gun make sense. Like bringing back the <laughs> bringing back the child of your dead friend to be your like semi antagonist <laughs> in the new movie, like surprise! You didn't know he had a kid, did you? Totally a scream move. So you know what? I respect it more now that I know where it's coming from. It's it's got the proper lineage now. I understand that this was you know Loomis's great granddaughter or something. Um, back from the dead to seek revenge once more on the man who killed her father. I get it. I mean, I cannot stress how dumb I think it is that sequels are in the same category as things adapted from books. And as remakes, which Living is, a remake of a Kurosawa movie. Oh, interesting. Also a different category, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And All Quiet is both, is either a remake or an adaptation 
I kind of both. I guess both, yeah. It would be more probably more what you would consider an adaptation because I'm sure they went back to the book, you know, as their source material. From what I hear, women talking should win. I agree. And I think it probably will. It'll either be that or all quiet. I I mean, living, I that's interesting and it's adapted from a Kurosawa. Yes, it's a British remake of a Kurosawa film. It stars Bill Nye, who we'll talk about in a minute. But also got nominated. Hmm. I'm going to go with Women Talking as my prediction. Wade? So the nominations, not the actual winners, but the nominations are decided by people within the field. So the screenwriters are the people who nominate the screenwriters. The costume designers nominate the costume designers and so on and so forth, which I always think is interesting, right? Like you can uh-huh. always tell that the actors have a worse judge of acting than anyone else and you can always tell like i feel like they're little quirks like the directors always like to throw an international director in there the screenwriters always like to throw something sort of fun or out there and i Mm -hmm. feel like that nomination this year is glass on there's always a little bit of a genre movie Mm -hmm. and i don't want to count glass onion out because again it's got the netflix effect of a lot of people are seeing it felt like a lot of people watched it over christmas yeah Top Gun Maverick, of course, the first thing I think of every single time is the script. The thing I have heard about All Quiet on the Western Front is actually that it changes the ending of the book. So I'm wondering how that helps us chances. I've actually heard two things. It's the only Best Picture nod that I haven't seen. So that's my homework now. But I've heard that it changes the ending of the book. And I've heard that it's very stylistically inspired by Denis Villeneuve movies. Sort of in that same, like, sparse, epic, Denny style. Damn. Okay. I am going to also predict Women Talking, which I love and I think, like, didn't get nominated for much. So I want to see a win somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Switching lanes to best original screenplay. We've got The Banshees of Inna Sharon, written by Martin McDonough. Everything Everywhere All at Once, written by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. The Fablemans, written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. Tar, written by Todd Field. And Triangle of Sadness, written by Ruben Ostlund. This seems like five very, very different movies. Depending on what style of movie and writing you like, you could have very different interpretations of this. I assume that the Martin McDonough movie is like most Martin McDonough movies. (laughs) And... If you are into that sort of thing, delightful. Tony Kushner being there is big. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I'm kind of conflicted in my heart. Seeing all the Fableman buzz this year, I really love the Fablemans, but I don't think it's better than West Side Story, Mm. which I'm still carrying like it's my cross to bear a year later as one of the best movies that I know nobody has watched. Uh Uh-huh. But The Fablemans is really good, so I don't want to be like, well, they did something slightly better last year. Because I do think that it is moving and very inspired by his real life. I mean, that's the only thing like that on there. Everything Everywhere is very inventive and obviously got nominated the most. So I don't want to be like, it's going to get shut out everywhere. I think I am going to predict Martin McDonough for The Banshees Mm. of Inna Sharon. That is a very dialogue forward movie. That is also a movie that got nominated a ton that I think is probably going to be 
maybe overshadowed in a lot of the different categories. And I think this is where it takes the prize. I'm going to go with everything everywhere all at once because of its inventiveness and its like wild quirkiness. Yeah. Next up, we have the best director category. Martin McDonough up first for the Banshees of Inisherin. Daniel Scheinert and Daniel Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. And that is it. Note here, too, that Todd Field, Steven Spielberg, Ruben Ostland, all of these are written and directed by the people. And only Spielberg has a co-writer on his. I mean, that's pretty crazy, too. It's the writer, the writer-director coming through in this best director category. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize until we put these back-to-back like this, but this is exactly the same as best original screenplay. Yeah, it's the exact same lineup. That's nuts. Yeah. We said they always like to get an international director in there. In the last two mm-hmm. years, it has gone to the international director. Yeah, I guess last year there were a few. The last year was Campion. The year before, it was the guy for another round. Hmm. I think that gives Ruben Ostlin a leg up. I think the Daniels have a good shot. Todd Field coming back, making a movie for the first time in 15 years. But mm. I think I'm going to predict that this goes to Steven Spielberg. Yeah, because they're like, he's, this might be his last movie. The crowning highlight of a just incredible career or something, you know? At least like his last movie that they can respectably award. <laughs> You know, yeah, 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 and he's only won once, really. He's only won for uh, Schindler's List, right? He's never won again. That is crazy. Okay, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Ten Ten, War of the Worlds, <laughs> War of the Worlds. No, no, but seriously, he, yeah, one of the one of the greatest directors of several generations in a row. Cool. I'll go. I'll go with a safe bet and say Steven Spielberg too. I think. I think that's. I think that's pretty. Pretty spot on. Who's gonna be mad? Who's gonna be mad? Yeah. Who's gonna be mad about that? Come on. All right. Next up for Best Actor, the nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Now, this one is exciting to me for a few reasons. First of all, shout out to Paul Mescal for After Sun. Mm-hmm. An awesome nomination. He's so good in that movie, and that's such like a quiet, small movie, similar to Causeway, that I didn't really think it had a chance to get nominated. So that was probably the thing on this whole list I was most excited to see. Cool. All of these are first-time nominees. All of them have an angle to them, you know? We normally talk mm-hmm. about... Like, what's the narrative around the win? Yeah. Colin Farrell was in four movies this year and great in all of them, just like Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield last year. Yeah. Brendan Fraser coming back after an absence. Bill Nye never been nominated. Same for Austin Butler. This new upstart gives a really committed role. I feel like this one could go anywhere. Okay. If I was voting off of a single performance, I would go Austin Butler for Elvis. I think he's phenomenal in that role. I think the movie is okay, but I think him in that movie is incredible and, like, by far and away the most interesting and, like, best part of it. If I was going for, like, career, Colin Farrell, hands down. He is, like, in like you said, in multiple different kinds of roles this year, 
giving incredible performances. And he always gives good performances. I think he's a super mm-hmm. underrated actor. Yeah. And I think he's awesome. If I was going to go with what I think is actually going to happen, they're going to give it to Brendan Fraser, and we all know why. So, what do you mean? Because he wore a fat suit? Yeah, exactly. They were like, oh, but how do you act when fat? That's the that's the <laughs> like Colin Farrell did that in The Batman, and... Yeah, but he did it, and it was fun, and he was playing a fun character who was having a mostly good time, or at least as an actor, he was having a good time. So you know, it didn't, it doesn't count. He wasn't crying into a bucket of KFC. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I said, I think this could go anywhere. I would give it to Paul Mescal. I am going to predict. That the ace in the hole here is that only one of these is a real person who, as we've said, the Oscars can look up a YouTube clip of Elvis and then watch Austin Butler doing the exact same performance, the exact same special, and judge how good his acting is quantifiably as they love to do. Yeah. So I am predicting Austin Butler. Oh, that is a really good point. That's a really good point. Okay, up next, Best Actress, here we go. Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Incredible. Two Michelles. Two Michelles. I haven't seen Tar, but I know Kate Blanchett is always just gives it 100%. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm I'm going to go with Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. There was a lot of buzz around her, especially like as an older actress taking on the lead role in this totally bonkers movie. And I, I, I'd love to see it. So how about you? I would love to see it, too. I think Michelle Yeoh would be the most exciting win. The T here on the Andrea Riseborough to Leslie now. Uh-huh. is that instead of running like a typical campaign for this very, very small movie that I hadn't even heard of until a week ago, uh-huh. I think came out in the summer to like no buzz of any kind. She waited until the week that voting was open and then ran this very like celebrity connected campaign where like one day out of nowhere, Edward Norton and Kate Blanchett, who is nominated here, and Gwyneth Paltrow like all tweeted Andrea Riseborough and two Leslie should win the Oscar. Wow. And and they had showings of this movie and like did this huge push just for the one week that people were voting. And it worked, which is pretty wild. That is wild. So it's cool. I don't think it's going to take her to the win. Ana de Armas, I'm sorry she was in that movie, and it feels like she's in this category because the people are like, hey, sorry, you were in that movie. Yeah. Michelle Williams is in the wrong category. She should be in Best Supporting. I am going to predict should win, will win, Kate Blanchett for Tar, another piece oh. of metal cinema. An incredible performance. She doesn't need another Oscar, but she's first on this list because, as Tar says, you cannot start without me. (laughs) And I think that she will take it over. Incredible. Well, that brings us Mm. finally to, I don't even know. I I don't even have anything good for this because I'm just 
I'm starstruck. Best picture, you know, the big <laughs> cheese, the whole enchilada. You're trying to, you're, you, this is what people work their entire lifetimes to get. And here it is. The 10 films nominated for best picture. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Let's just look at that list. Like, how does that strike you, Oscar? I'm pissed that Nope isn't on here. (laughs) That's how it strikes me. I'm like, where is one of my favorite movies of the year, basically? And, And also just a movie that is like a movie sort of movie, as some people would say. And... Like, fits fits the bill. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, oh, I liked it, therefore it should be on here. It fits right. the whole thing. And, like, it should be there for Best Actor, for Daniel Kaluuya. It should be there. Mm-hmm. It should maybe be there for Best Supporting Actress for Kiki Palmer, or maybe even Best Actress. I'm not sure. But some somewhere in there, yeah. I mean, there's there's at least three outstanding supporting actor roles in that film. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what were they looking at? Cinematography, as we already talked about, sound and no. all that. I mean, it, it's it's truly wild to me. And the three best supporting you were talking about are the three little kids who jump him in the yes, in the dark. absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's crazy. And also, as we're on this particular rant, let me say, where is where's Florence Pugh for the wonder? This seems like a weird list to me. Also, the, the, talking about the things that are actually here, mm-hmm. kind of a strange thing. You've got Top Gun, Avatar, everything, everywhere, all at once, and even Elvis to some degree being like big, splashy, mm-hmm. kind of crowd pleasery type movies, right? Movies that made money. Movies that people actually saw. People, movies that people actually saw. Just maybe the first time ever that we've been covering the Oscars that movies people actually saw are on this list. Yeah. Then we've got The Fablemans, The Banshee of Inishirin, two movies by incredibly famous writer-directors. Obviously, Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg is much more famous than Martin McDonough, but he's famous. Like, he's a pillar in his own right, right? Yeah. And these are going to be more your more serious drama-type films, two very different flavors of serious drama, but, you know, two, two serious drama. And then we've got War movie based on a book. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Tar, Women Talking, and Triangle of Sadness. I'm not sure about the feeling of Triangle of Sadness, but I feel that like Tar and Women Talking are also both serious dramas, but like more subdued, maybe. You know, like less yeah. big name and more like in reception, more subdued is is what more what I'm getting at. Like less well well known and less well viewed, perhaps. Well, these are kind of the critics' choice, right? Like that's yeah. kind of what binds those together. Uh, like the popular movies, the legacy movies, as you were saying. And then there are a few like, like you should watch this movies, Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And one's more celebrated by critics than actual members of the Academy, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and two international films and Triangle of Sadness and All Quiet on the Western Front. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it seems like a weird list because as we just pointed out, it's like balanced. <laughs> yeah. It's a mix of things, which the Oscars are not normally, and they do not normally contain this many blockbusters and crowd favorites. Yeah. 
And I think those feel honest for the most part, right? Like, I don't think this is kind of a cynical way to be like, if we nominate Top Gun, then people will watch, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised by All Quiet on the Western Front. That's the one I haven't seen. I I really haven't heard that much buzz about it. I'm really happy for Women Talking. I feel like Women Talking specifically pushed out the whale. So I'm also happy for that. I'm proud of Elvis. I don't think that's a shoe in, you know, Mm. on paper. But where does it go with all these different, Mm. all of these different angles? All right. My guess is going to be either Tar, because they straight up are like, yes, we gave you the nominees for all of these blockbusters, but we're giving it to the, <laughs> like, to the critics, <laughs> to the number one critic's choice. And we're also giving Best Actress to Kate Blanchett. Thank you very much. Like, Yeah. I mean, that's who I would give it to. Or they go with the Fablemans and give Spielberg the best picture, kind of, like I said, like, you know, capstone type thing. Top Gun was good, but it was not that good. You know, Avatar was incredible, but it was also like not really a movie. It was more of a nature documentary. Which has more of a shot, would you say? Avatar or Top Gun of the two mega hits? I think Avatar because the things Hmm. that, well, I don't know because I was going to say the things that they're doing in that are wilder, but they actually did the plane stuff in Top Gun. Why is an Avatar nominated for best animated film? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. For real. Someone's got to say it. The Why? only the only live action person on that on that film was a white dude with dreads. So what is going on? <laughs> like what is happening? That kid is going to be in Scream 6 by the way. I found that out on Wikipedia the other day. That's not great news. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that like I I came around to him by the end of that film, but seriously, his mm-hmm. acting was left something to be desired. And he was up against puppets. It's like when Dobby outacted to Daniel Radcliffe in Harry Potter 7. It Seriously. <laughs> yeah, best animated Avatar, by far and away. I don't know, man. Okay, I'm trying to game the system a little bit here. So this is my uh-huh. thought about it. You've got what everyone thinks will win throughout the year before award season actually starts. Yes. This year, I think that's the Fablemans. Yes. Then you've got the one that is the actual front runner, which I think is everything everywhere else the once. It has the most nominations. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the power of the dog slot from last year. Oh, yeah. And as we know, the power of the dog did not win. Now, mm. everything everywhere all at once is a weird movie. And we know that this new Academy likes to award weird movies, does not like to award any sort of typical drama. Right. What we would call perhaps an Oscar bait movie if we were being pejorative. So that's a nod in everything's book. But again, I don't think the most awarded or the clear front runner often actually wins. At the last minute, Goldie Hawn comes out and decks the person on stage and is like, actually, it's Babylon. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know. Okay. I'm just going to talk through my thoughts here. Okay. So if I'm removing both of those, mm-hmm. which I think the Fablemans is out, I think everything could take it, but I'm not going to make the mistake of voting for the front runner again. To my mind, that leaves a three-way race. Banshees... Uh, which is well-liked and in a lot of other categories, but it's just kind of like a normal movie. Okay. Like, that's just kind of like a nice Martin McDonough comedy with good cinematography. 
Okay. Elvis, which I think does have a shot. Okay. And is a really well-made movie. Now is a bit of a bummer and is a biopic. Mm-hmm. And maybe Top Gun Maverick because of all of like the actual filmmaking in it. Yeah. Also, we've got to think that, and now I feel like I'm so deep in the rabbit hole, but Best Picture is the only one that is ranked choice voting. Oh, I forgot about that. So all of these others, you just pick one person, whoever has the most votes wins. For Best Picture, everyone ranks from 1 to 10 where they would put these movies. You know, the number one slot gets the most points, but it is a thing where if there are like four popular number ones and then everyone is voting for the same number two, number two could pull it out. Or number three. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) See, that's insane. That's an insane way to do voting. What are they thinking? Okay, then I do think it's Avatar the Way of Water then. <laughs> because, you, no, no, here's, no, here's, here's how it happens. Because everybody's like, oh, this is really hard. It's such a toss-up. Like, some people like this. Everybody puts Avatar Way of Water for their number three, and number three takes it <laughs> all the way. All the way. I'm going Avatar, actually. I'm actually voting for that. That's... <laughs> We know more people have seen Avatar from the numbers than have seen <laughs> anything else on this list. Anything else. And also, Avatar and Women Talking are the only two in cinemas. So, you know that James Cameron is not sending out screeners. People are going to be watching this in 3D variable frame rate IMAX. Yeah. As opposed to their VHS copy of The Fablemans that they're going to try and fit in on their lunch break. Yeah. I think it's a good call. I feel like some sort of mania has befell me, but I am going to go for Top Gun. Cool. I just think that it's sort of the match of like the movie making and the craft. I feel like it's going to have a lot of like cinematographers, editors, Mm -hmm. visual effects, people voting for it. Yeah. It's also going to be like we were saying in that like number three slot on a lot of people's. I don't know. Yeah. But we're both going populist here. We're both going for popular and a sequel. Incredible. (laughs) Two things that never win. (laughs) That never win. Incredible. Well, we've done it. The Oscars are Sunday, March 12th, 2023. Uh, That's the same weekend that Scream 6 comes out. So you know which of those I'll be watching. We'll be back after that to react and see how who got the most predictions right Send your Oscar predictions and hot takes to cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Wow, I haven't had to do that in a while. And (laughs) Emmett and Wade, those idiots, will be back next week continuing their Baz Luhrmann miniseries, The Baz Batch. Uh, Any final thoughts, Kurt? Man, The Woman King is just so crazy. That's going to come to Netflix because the Sony movies come to Netflix. Woman Uh King is going to come to Netflix and everyone is going to be like, oh, we should have nominated that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a kick-ass movie. How about you, Mr. Meyer? Any final thought? I was trying to come up with a hot dog joke, but I'll just say what that other fool says. Stay frosted. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Wade Lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. 
Wade also edits and mixes the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week. 